I was, um, I was minding my own business back in the 1980s. I was a television presenter with the BBC. I was a national spokesman for the British Green Party for a short time. And then very strange things started to happen to me, paranormal things. And I ended up trying to work out what the heck was happening to me in a psychic's front room. Long story short, she's, I've never been to a psychic before. Name was Betty Shine. And I went to her about three times, I think something like that. No, four times. First two times, not a lot happened. Third time, she starts going into psychic mode and I'm going, hmm, you know what's going on? She said to me, this was um, March, 1990. She said, I'm being told to tell you, you're gonna go out on a world stage and reveal great secrets. But one man cannot change the world, but one man can communicate the message that can change the world. And that you are going to face enormous opposition, but they will always be there to protect you. And lots of other things like that, all of which have come true. And that from this moment, you are going to be led to knowledge. And at other times, knowledge will be put into your mind. This is March 1990. And I'm, I'm like, something here, literally here, was saying, go with it, go with it. So this is right. There is no spoon. It's not the spoon that bends, it is only yourself. Because that spoon only exists in that form when you decode it from energetic information. The Vengeance. He's written a book called The Truth Vibrations, in which he says, amongst other things, that the world, the planet as we know it, is destined to be destroyed in the near future unless we, all of us, all the peoples of the planet, change their ways and get into line with the natural environment and start protecting the world and start protecting the environment and the planet. Uh, otherwise, things are coming to a crunch. Inter alia, he also claims to be the son of God. But do you claim to be the son of God? Because Terry Wogan said to you on The Wogan Show, you claim to be the son of God, and you said yes. Well, I'm, I am, yes. I'm, but there are certain people who come to Earth at certain times and to other planets too um, at times of great crisis to try to help to sort things out. So evil has been in control of the planet for 12,000 years? It has been the dominating force. Evil's not the right word. It is imbalance. Um, but it has been increasingly in control Let me every day. Was it, was it a great shock for you to discover this at 38? Well, I, th I think the... <laughs> I, think the word, I think the word is gobsmacked. But again, again, you know the best way of removing negativity is to laugh and be joyous. So I'm delighted that there's so much laughter in the audience tonight. But no, um, it's a... But just let, just let me, just let me say this. They're laughing at you. They're not laughing with you. Welcome everybody to nwczradio.com channel one's down the rabbit hole. My name is Big D. And I'm Brandon. And it's good to have everybody along. Welcome to another show. And I hope everybody's doing well this week. First of all, let's just thank our friends at Friends Radio Network 
and remind you that you can email us at downtherh at protonmail.com. All right, so this week we may be pissing some people off. Yeah, Gonna, yeah I think we may have picked a, pissed a few off last week, but I think this week we're going to piss some people off again. Yeah, and it's not intentional. That's not the goal. In being a conspiracy realist, which is what I strive to be, what I want to be, looking at all sides of every issue, including personalities, a lot of people who are fans of you know, these guys that we're covering are big time fans and they don't want to hear the backside or they'll make excuses for some of the things that aren't that great about them. But I think it's important as a journalist, as a realist, you got to look at all sides of everything. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about David Icke this week. And for those of you who aren't familiar with David Icke, if you're new to the conspiratorial side of things, I can understand that because David Icke has been banned from countries. He's been banned from all the social media platforms for the most part. And if you go to YouTube, you can still find videos of him, but his channel was taken down. Yeah. And David Icke has made some outrageous and audacious claims, and he's made some wild predictions, and surprisingly, some of them have come true. And we're going to get into all of that today. David Icke is the topic of conversation yes. in, in our little mini jaunt through some of the personalities in the truth or movement. And our, our goal is not to come in here and discredit all these guys as if we're the voice of authority. That's not the idea at all. I'm not the voice of authority on anything. No. However, some of these guys claim to be the voice of authority on all these things. And I would put David Icke in that category. But let's get into some history of David Icke. He was born in 1952. He kind of had a pretty rough childhood. He was alone a lot. He, he talks about it. He still, to this day, has a fear of somebody knocking at the door, according to him, because his parents were poor. And when the landlord would come and knock for the rent, they were all supposed to run and hide. Yeah. He didn't do well in school, didn't like school. I've seen different versions. I've seen that he dropped out at 15, I've others that he continued on. But primarily, he, if he continued on, it was because uh, he played football or soccer, as we know it in the United States. Yeah, football. 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 And he was really good. And a lot of things I saw Iron I read said that he was actually a really good soccer player. And yeah, there's clips of know. him playing. He 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 made it all the way, all the way up to the English Football League because he was a goalkeeper, correct? He was, yes. Yeah. But then he started having pains in his legs, his feet, and and turns out he had uh, rheumatism. Yeah, you can see that now if you watch any clips of David Icke or watch any of his talks. His hands are kind of curled. Yeah. It's because he has this rheumatism going on. It's apparently quite painful. I've, n I've not experienced it, but I looked it up, and it seems like it's a fairly painful thing. I saw a lot on that that it was very painful. He had it really young, too. Yes. Oh, yeah. So he had to quit, and he became a football commentator on yeah. television and for the BBC. He was uh, what they call a presenter. 
or as we call a host on this program called Grandstand. Well, one thing, too, is like a lot of people don't realize, too, it wasn't like, you know, like a lot of people think of a full career in football, you know, or so- soccer, football. Um, but he was 21. He was only 21 when he had to re- retire, basically, because of rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. So let's say he started playing. I think I've read somewhere he started playing at like four or five. Right, but getting into the you know the minor leagues, joining, mm-hmm. get, getting to a point where you're on the track to go up, you know, he's probably like 15 or 16. Yes. When they notice, hey, this guy has a future. So yeah, I mean that's a pretty short career. Yeah, very short. So yeah, and they, he was 73. He was 21 years old when the, the pain in his joints got so bad that he couldn't play anymore. So he goes to TV. There's debate there too as to whether he quit. Most of the things I saw, he got. Fired. It was basically for pay, failing to pay a tax, some kind of tax, the poll tax. And I don't know what that is. He lives in England. So there's a couple of things I know a lot of stuff I, I'd listen to and listen to him talk. He used a lot of like when he was talking about, you know, someone knocking at the door. I can't remember what he called it, but it was something weird where you're like, what the? And I had to look it up because I never heard of it. I'm like, who the heck's knocking on the door? You know, and then realize, oh, it's just another word for like, because he lived in like Section 8 housing would be what it was here. But it was whoever it was was coming around the the person from Section 8 housing, the you know, would be the equivalent here of saying, hey, we still need, you know, you have to pay something. We need some rent. No. So 1990, he's canned from the BBC. And then he decided to try to go into some politics, which is kind of interesting. And so he joined the Green Party, and then subsequently he quit that or resigned about a year later. Yeah. That's when everything changed for David Icke. Yeah. Spring of 1991 is when he basically left the Green Party, mainstream media, and went on this bit of a quest. Yeah. And that's one thing with him, too, is, I mean, a lot of stuff you read on him, I think a lot of people really think of him for whatever reason. They don't think of him as current. He is current. When you think of current, you think of like, you know, um, who we're going to talk about later. What's his name? The, the Alex annoying Jones. Guy. Alex Jones, that guy. So that's who you think of. But I mean, really, David Icke was right there with him. They, they've been competing for years. And it was like 1990 when he really stepped out. But he was well known it's like i think one of the guys related it to like if it was here it'd be like you know terry bradshaw suddenly saying that he was the son of god which i could see him doing that i could see bradshaw doing that (laughs) but i mean (laughs) but that would be the equivalent of like all of a sudden someone who is a sports figure who was a player who suddenly became very and he wasn't just kind of like one of those guys you sometimes saw on the tv like he was the face of you know football for years yeah. I think it was what they said he was on the BBC like broadcaster on the the main and it was like the main football show on the BBC for what was it 81 or something like that to 1990. Yeah, so, so that's almost, a good yeah, it's almost a 10-year run. Yeah, almost a 10-year run. So it wasn't like, you know, and that's why I think a lot of people think, "Oh, he was just some random dude that decided to say some crazy stuff." No, he was, you know, it'd be it's like John Madden on Monday Night Football yeah. or, you know, Stuart Scott on ESPN or something like that. I mean, he was he was a known guy. It wasn't like he was operating in the background and all the people were like, who is this guy? No, people at the time, he made his grand entrance into his new conspiratorial life. People knew exactly who he was. 
Yes. They knew exactly who he was. So it wasn't one of those ones. Like, you know, you think about a lot of these people where like an Alex Jones who just popped up is like, Hey, who's this conspiracy theory weirdo. This was like all of a sudden, wait a minute. What is David Icke talking about? Yeah. Well, it all started really with this interview with this guy, Wogan. <laughs> you watched it. Yes. It's very, oh, wow. un- it's very uncomfortable to watch. That's it is it's very uncomfortable. You feel, I feel bad for him. Not because of what he said. I think he's crazy with oh, yeah. what, with what he said. In 1991, some guy steps on the stage and you know, Wogan says, let me get this straight. The media says that you say that you're the son of God. And Ike, without hesitation, says yes. Yeah. And the crowd is shocked. And so Wogan starts trying to get some clarification on it and ike wasn't backing down you know in fact i have an article from the herald here and this is written by david ike this entire article is david ike talking and he says new followers will quickly learn that my brain is very special yet despite knowing everything i've never needed to study so-called science and certainly not the news Never even heard of quantum physics or string theory either. I've always just known how everything works. So he has this like weird inflated view of his yeah. abilities, let's just say. But it's one of those things, I mean, honestly, with David Icke um, doing that, you know, we've done a lot of stuff on cults and stuff like that. His personality reminds me a lot of the cult leaders that we looked at, that we've talked about. Um, where he never came and actually started a cult, but he has that personality. No doubt I about it. See him definitely being a Jim Jones type character. I mean, just having that, like you know, I am the son of God, and his how much how much he thinks of himself. And I could it, definitely see that again, according to this article in the Herald, which I believe is from Scotland. I'll put the link in. He says. You'll perhaps recall me confessing to deep state plant Terry Wogan in 1991 that I was, quote, the chosen one, informing this bewigged, ignorant stooge and 18 million of his viewers that our moon was not a moon, but a hollowed out alien spaceship serving as both observation post and amplifier for frequencies from Saturn that control our mind. So he even, and this article's not from that long ago, he doesn't back down from this claim that he, he calls it the Godhead and that he's basically on the level of Jesus. Jesus came and then other people have came and he's just the latest incarnation and he has all this wisdom and knowledge and he didn't have to study anything. He didn't have to look into anything. It's just ingrained in him. Yeah. And, and, and that's it. Yeah. He just knows it all. I mean, because it's one of those things on that same thing with Terry Wogan. I mean, he said what? That. He was the son of God and that Britain was going to be devastated by tidal waves and earthquakes. In like 1997. Um, yeah. And the UK isn't even seismically active. He said that, yes, when he came out, he made a prediction that it, it sort of tied into the global climate thing. Although mm-hmm. he, of course, he's backed way off of it. But he said, yes, uh, by 97, England would be completely destroyed. There'd be tidal waves, earthquakes, and it would just be horrific. And of course, that didn't happen. No. And there's a lot of that when you go back, especially in the beginning. He had a lot of, I don't think it wasn't until he got 
a little bit more into everything that was going on where he really realized stop making predictions with days. And you see that a lot. Once again, we go back to the whole idea of, you know, Colts. You see that in the beginning of a lot of Colts where in the very beginning, they're like, this is going to happen on this in this year. And then it doesn't happen and they have to either backtrack it or he never even goes back and even says anything about this stuff. If it didn't happen, he just acts like it was never said and just moves on. But he, you know, does that same thing. And then all of a sudden later on, you notice he stops making those kind of predictions. It's more of very vague that he later ties into something that actually happened. Like, you know, a lot of the predictions he made about, you know, different kind of diseases and stuff like that. Like and there's things where you listen to him talk and it makes it sounds like he thinks that he he predicted COVID-19. And it's like, no, you made some comments that really just like we, we, we talked about some of with the other ones just happened to be with the times. I that, mean, it was like Bill Cooper where it's like he made comments that like seven or eight other people also came to that same conclusion. It's called jumping in front of the parade. And yeah. I have noticed that a lot with David Icke. And again, I know it's going to piss some people off, but even in several articles that I've read where he will, well, like one, he was talking about when NASA released that information about the bunch of UFOs, he comes in and says, well, but I, and I've known this all along with, with no back, no backup, no proof, no, Mm -hmm. and he claims to have known like those specific events. You know, like, well, yeah, I know that I've been knowing this has been going on for a long time and I've known all about that. I'm like, basically that he's all knowing. Yeah. But then there are times he makes so much sense. It's almost scary. Yeah. He's a big believer in this idea that we're all living in an illusion. Like we're in a matrix within a matrix. He call, That's what he calls it. Well, yeah, that's what we were talking about pretty much like the other day with the simulation theory. I mean, he's one of the ones, a big proponent of the simulation theory. So that everything is just a hologram and that it's basically like the Matrix. Like, with the, you know, basically the whole Keanu Reeves movie is once again just Hollywood saying, yes, this is actually what's happening. Haha, uh-huh, but we're not going to tell you that. But I don't know. Well, he goes off to a little farther than what we, we were talking about. Well, like, the, like this statement I found. He says, to those in the know, that interview, and he's referring to this, uh, uh, some other interview that he gave, that interview will simply have confirmed the obvious truth that our reality runs on an operating system programmed with disinformation and manipulation to misdirect us from a sinister global conspiracy of royals, bankers, Satanists, and sexual deviants. <laughs> I can get behind that statement. The problem is, is that his baseline theory to where he got to that conclusion is very, very, very flawed, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, it's a lot like Bill Cooper. Like when we make the comment before where I said, you're listening to him and we're going we're like, OK, cool, cool. I get you. I'm with you. I'm with you. And then all of a sudden he makes a turn and you're like, wait, what? You know, you had me. But then all of a sudden I, I don't know how you got from here to here. Yeah, well, he says, he says things like this. Religion has been a curse on the world, and humanity will ne- never know freedom until this curse has been exercised. It is the curse of ignorance, which has cast its dark shadow over thousands of years of human suppression. That's a pretty loaded statement right there. Mm. So religion from the, you know, whatever, the dawn of time has just been this curse on the world, even though he compares himself to Jesus, and Jesus came around during the supposed historic time. 
and yet he's he's shown up and he's full of wisdom and he he knows everything and he's just trying to snap everybody out of it out of this you know sort of religious matrix that he's talking about yeah he's also been accused of a lot of anti-semitism and i don't want to get into that too much but if you want to go down that rabbit hole there's quite a bit there there's a lot and the hard part is is for one of those things i don't know i've never completely figured it out but most conspiracy theorists for whatever reason are very big anti-semites you know, in a lot of ways, with a lot of accusations of anti-Semitism, and it's like, why are they the bad guys in everything? They must be—they're they're like the new lizard people, or actually the old lizard people. So they—they're they're the ones who do everything wrong. And speaking of lizard people, that's another bedrock oh, yeah. theory. Well, of David when I Ives. did my my lizard theory stuff, a lot of the stuff that I got, and a lot of the audio i got is him i mean he was one of the big proponents of the lizard people um which is one of the places on a lot of his stuff that i could you know he makes some good points you know as i i said in that article you know in my in my episode of it but i mean still i mean i think he even goes a lot farther than once again where all of a sudden it's like hmm, i think you've stepped across the line yeah a lot of times he crosses the line and he really he's pretty lucky he hasn't been banned from England because he just outright came out and said, oh, yeah, the royal family, he really went after the queen and uh, Prince Edward. Well, yeah, he thinks like the the blue blood, which I I say in it, that's one of the reasons why they say he thinks they're called blue bloods because they are, you know, lizard people, like all of them. Right, but he claims that in the palace there's some secret room at the bottom Mm -hmm. where they gather and... The only way they can maintain their human facade is to drink blood, yeah. kill people and drink blood. And look, I know people kill people, and I know we've done actual real stories of, of pedophile rings and horrific things being done to kids. And I don't, I don't know if that's what's going on. I know there's lots of theories that abound about it. But you would, wouldn't you think at some point in the world, it's like Bigfoot, don't you think at some point with all the cell phones and everybody around and that you would see one of these reptilian creatures at some point? You would think. I mean, you would think somehow. Or, Are they you know, really course, but just that good? That Maybe whatever cloaking technology they're using or whatever. But it's one of the things like we make a comment in a lot of it where we talk about, you know, these people that supposedly you can see them changing and, you know, in videos. But all of a sudden those videos stopped popping up when cell phones came around. Oh, even when DVDs came around. When DVDs, when all of a sudden we stopped having that VHS where you had that, you know, the static on the VHS. I know. Those are awful. So either their, their technology either got better at the same time that ours did. Right. Where all of a sudden they stopped having that happen or, hmm, oh, yeah, it's just that. There are several VHS, well, even on YouTube, but they're all taken off of VHS. These, mm-hmm. This proof that Hillary Clinton's a lizard, that the Queen's a lizard, and they run these grainy tapes and they freeze frame them in certain positions. And it's obvious. It's obvious to anybody who's ever worked at all in any kind of media that mm-hmm. It's a selective place that they that has pixelation problems or it's just really awful. 
But yeah, there are people who who believe it. Oh, there's a lot. I mean, and it's one of those things that's just crazy. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, a lot of people think that, that, you know, he's one of the ones that really pushed the whole idea of like Princess Die was mainly because they needed good human blood. A human, you know, they, they were getting becoming too much because they're not full lizards. They're actually like, you know, hybrids, hybrids. But now they're getting because they've been, you know, basically, you know, screwing each other for years that they needed new blood, new DNA. So that's why they brought in Princess Di. But then she found out too much. So they had to have her killed, you know. But if you look at Princess Di, she's, you know, exactly what people like that, you know, would think of blonde hair, blue eyes, exactly what you need. But then you look at her kids and you're like, hmm. I mean, I can I get behind I can get behind a conspiracy to kill Princess Di. Yeah. I can get behind that they wanted, saw too much. Yeah, that they wanted her gone. I can go down that road and I I could be persuaded. Mm-hmm. But for reptilian purposes, I'm having trouble with that. You sure? I mean, the, the, the new lizard orders out there, you know, we <laughs> told them we would be there, you know, we that, would be their headquarters if they wanted to come on the show and we could talk. Well, that offer still stands. It does, but they've never, they've never reached out. They have not reached out. It's down the RH at protonmail.com, by the way. Reach out. We want to talk to you guys. We want to make a deal with, you know, you know, whatever talk to you make sure see what's happening see what you really want i mean you can have the kardashians i'm okay with that one of my favorite theories of his though is the moon matrix theory Mm -hmm. if people don't know what the moon matrix theory is this is basically it in a nutshell david ike believes and truly and a lot of his theories are based on this is one of the first theories he came out with that the moon is actually this hollowed out space station kind of like the death star or something Mm -hmm. and it gets its energy from saturn so all the rings and everything they're 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 an energy source yeah they're shooting the energy over to run the moon and in the moon there's this massive space station that's actually controlling our minds from the moon they're constantly beaming these signals and it's directed straight into our minds and so that's why we believe and see things the way we do and somehow he's broken the code and he also believes that they're sending messages to the the reptiles the reptilians because they have some sixth sense it's it's beyond what he calls the five senses yeah i knew as it orders better (laughs) I believe it's called dark matter, some some sort of reptilian firewall that they've that they've created that you know blocks this thing out. He says reptilians feed off fear, disaster, war, and violence, which is why the overlords, or who we know as the Illuminati, who cl- he claims the Illuminati are either the shape shifting uh, reptilians or they're controlled by. Yeah. It, it's sort of it, depending on what day you listen to him. He says they are them, or they've been infiltrated by them, or they're run by them, and that's why they keep the world in fear, disaster, war, and violence because that's how that's what they feed off of. Besides blood, they feed off that energy, and energy is a key component to almost everything David Ike talks about. Yeah, he's definitely interesting. 
everything to him is energy, right? E- everything. Mm-hmm. Everything is we're energy, the universe's energy, God's energy. We're in this energy, this matrix energy. There's energy coming down from the moon. And the only way to get out of the negative energy is to think positive thoughts and to, and to love. And the ultimate answer is love, and love conquers all. And then we all become part of this love consciousness, which is a, another positive field of energy that will eventually overcome the negative energy. And so there's this great battle on Earth between these energies and he is here to warn us all and, and to you know o- open our eyes to this this energy field. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the negatives about David Icke. Now some of the positives. David Icke seems like a pretty nice guy. He's very uh, cordial in every interview I've ever seen him. He doesn't get upset. I will give him credit when he came out in the '90s with a lot of this stuff. He was laughed pretty much off the planet. Yeah. He got a book deal. He, I think he had two or three books with a publisher, and the, he ran into a lot of problems because he did plagiarize a lot of people. One of the books he plagiarized was Bill Cooper's Behold the Pale mm-hmm. Horse. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing I've noticed a lot about this. What's so funny is you sit there and hear about these guys hating each other, but it's like all your theories are pretty much the same. Yeah, I read a whole article about uh, by somebody else, by just a third party, on a lot of the like the plagiarism and stuff that David Icke did, and I've heard the same thing about Alex Jones. I've heard the same thing about Bill Cooper. It's like these guys can't get together. No, like they have similar messages and sometimes the exact same message, but. I don't know if they see that, you know, I'll just say the crowd that they're playing to is a, is such a small crowd and everybody's it's a cash grab. So it's like if I can I need to get the most over here cuz they're going to go to my conferences, they're going to buy my books, my tapes, my DVDs and then oh no, he's crazy. You need to come over here and listen to mine because it's correct. So therefore buy my tapes, my CDs, my VHS DVDs whatever. That seems to me what's going on here. It does. And I think a lot of it, too, is one of the things you run into. And I think that's one of the reasons why you run into so many problems with people saying things about, you know, conspiracy theories is a lot of the, the these ones, the big ones, you know, Bill Cooper, you know, David Icke, um, Alex Jones, all of these ones have nothing but bad things to say about the other one. But then you listen to them in interviews, you know, on the same show that the other one was just on last week. And you listen to two interviews, you're like, it's the same thing. They're saying the exact same things with it. Usually there's a little bit of a twist from them that like, I know the real truth, but their real truth is just a small twist from what the other one said. Yeah. I mean, he went on a whole tour. He did a a show that sold out. A lot of people went to it and it was titled the answer. Mm -hmm. Not, not an answer or let's look into it or let's, uh, let's dive in the answer. Like, I have the answer. What? Right. And what? who gave you the answer? Well, he claims God did because he's the, a son of God or the son of God, yeah. according to him. 
What's really crazy though is you know after when he predicted that in 1997 the Britain and subsequently the world was going to be basically demolished. Yeah. In the last few years, he's really gone in against the climate change. Call, and I'm with him on this. He calls it a hoax. He's really gone after them for all the misinformation and for putting out you know fear-mongering and stuff. And he does a really good job exposing them. But he predicted <laughs> that, that the world was going to end due to all these climactic changes. And yeah. so I don't know if, if because it didn't happen, he's... I have no idea what his motivation is, but he's made it a thing of his in the last few years to really go hard after these climate change theories when he himself was guilty of the same thing. Mm -hmm. And there's so much of that where he 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 does it. You see other ones do it where all of a sudden. But then if you try questioning them and I've saw a couple of interviews where he said one thing like years ago, but if someone brought it up. He did a whole huge roundabout answer that never actually answered the question. He does that a lot. He he's really good at language, and yes. he's he's really good at. In fact, I read uh, a review of one of his shows, and this was by a sycophant, that some lady who was all in on him. In fact, she said, "I went into this talk knowing that he was the son of God, knowing that his books were all correct, knowing." that he had the answers, knowing, and I came out disheartened, confused. I didn't understand a word he said, and, and she said something like, this guy dropped out of high school, and I have a, whatever, she had a master's degree or whatever, and she said, the guy can really talk, but he doesn't say much. Yeah. I have this he, article. He does. He I have, said a lot. Yeah, I have this article from the New Zealand Herald, and he was given a. He's going to give a speech there, and I'm trying to find the date on this. Yeah, th okay, this is from 2016. Well, he at some point said that New Zealand was going to disappear. Well, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're a flat earther, I mean, New Zealand doesn't exist. He, so they reached out to him for a comment, and he refused to answer the Herald on Sunday's question about his dire prediction for New Zealand, saying he had other hypotheses proven and his large following is evidence of the support for his research. That I have a real problem with. Yeah. Just because you, got, you have a lot of people believing in you doesn't make it true. Just look at, look at you know, faith-healing preachers like Benny Hinn or Hitler or yeah. Paul Pot. Or anybody, just because you have a lot of people who show up at your event and agree with you does not mean you're right. And, and that is so true. And a lot of people don't realize that. They think just because a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I agree with you doesn't mean you're right. It just means you're good at talking to people. And here's the other thing I have. I, he does contradict him himself a lot because I read earlier the, the quote where he says, I don't have to study anything. I just have known it. Mm -hmm. Well, in this other article, he says, I've spent 26 years researching from the point of view of an open mind what this thing called life is and what the world is all about. You come out of the womb and you are immediately influenced in terms of your perceptions of everything by your parents. That base perception is so tiny and narrow, it's breathtaking. What I've done is stepped off the postage stamp. Well, I, why did he have to study for 26 years? I thought he, he just 
had an amazing brain and he just it was all there yeah he knows everything so i mean yeah so it's a bit he's a bit of a walking contradiction in my in my opinion not to say that he doesn't get have some truths in there i would like to refer everybody to a book by constant uh constant cumby it's called the hidden dangers of the rainbow and a lot of what David Icke talks about, because the crux of David Icke's answer is this cosmic conscious of love, right? We're all supposed to be like that. That love rules the day. We tap into this Always. energy field of love. It transcends us, it transcends our body, it transcends yeah. the universe, and, we, and once we leave this body, we just become part of this collective love energy field. And in New Age philosophy, and a lot of the New Age books, and for those of you who are around in the early 90s, which is coincidentally when David Icke really made his, you know, burst onto the scene... If you read through a lot of the New Age, early New Age books and the New Age philosophy books, that is ex- that's all they talk about. Yeah, it that, is. That's why people meditate. That's why, well, not everybody, but that, that's their answer was everybody meditate, everybody get you know, logged into this collective consciousness, wear crystals, you know, do these rituals and think positive. And he is right in line with his, I'll just call it his theology, mirrors their theology. In fact, there are several books that I've read from the New Age, from New Age authors, where that was the crux of their thesis as well. And so that makes me very suspicious as to what David Icke is actually doing. What's he waking up, waking people up to, supposedly? So again, I know a lot of you are probably going to be upset with what we're saying about David Icke because a lot of people love David Icke. And he and there's nothing wrong with saying love is an answer. But no. he never defines love. Have you ever noticed that? No, he doesn't. I mean, it's one of those things where a lot of people don't really think about the fact, too, where we mentioned that all of a sudden in 1991 where he suddenly popped up. Right before that, there's a lot of stuff where it shows him, you know, starting to work with alternative medicine and look at new age philosophies, philosophies throughout the 80, late 80s and stuff like that. And he started going to a psychic named Betty Shine that, you know, basically told him that he was going to, you know, he was going to heal the world and he was going to do all this. So, I mean, it's like. Yeah, didn't she, t- didn't she tell parts, him she, he was going to be visited and given some you know, mission by the, the enlightened ones. Kind of. It's like one of those things where she basically said that, you know, she went and visited him and during their third meeting. And this is from, you know, basically from him, you know, and his stuff says on March 29th, 1990, I claims to have felt something like a spider's web on his face. And shine told him she had a message from Wang Yi Lee, whoever that is of the spirit world. And Ike had been sent to heal the earth um, and would become famous, but would face opposition. <laughs> the spirit world was going to pass ideas to him, which he would speak about to others. He would write five books in three years. And in 20 years, a new flying machine would allow us to go wherever we wanted. And time would have no meaning. And there would be earthquakes in unusual places because the inner earth was being destabilized by having oil taken from under the seabed. 
So, and that's when he went on like a whole spiritual journey to Peru and did all this crazy stuff and activated his chakras, which I'm, I'm, yeah, that's a weird one. I got to look up more from Hindu yoga, all sorts of stuff, you know, became a higher triggered his higher level of consciousness. And then a year later he shows up on, you know, the, the TV show and during his turquoise period, which who the hell wears turquoise, but, and shows up on Wogan and starts, you know, well, it was 90, man. We all, you know, that was. Yeah, but turquoise, even in the 90s, turquoise was weird. That was Miami Vice stuff. Yeah. But you they for, looked You good, forget. You forget. That was, uh, that was a thing. Looking back, yeah, it's very dated because he's in his turquoise tracksuit. But so I want to go into another article. <clears throat> this sort of puts you in the mind of David Icke as well. He's talking about Prince Andrew. And about him being, you know, one of the lizard people, the reptilian people. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to read this, see if you notice anything in here. So this is David Icke talking. Still, it was Andrew's much commented upon squinty tie that was more of deliberate indicator of his reptilian bloodline. It's widely askew position sitting at exactly 33 degrees. A clear shout out to Freemasons who first welcomed, welcomed archons, those are the lizard people, into mm -hmm. their fold many centuries ago. Finally, notice how Andrew's left knee remained over his right leg for the entire interview. It is well known that archons become weak as their cells recalibrate for the long journey home, and you never saw Andrew walk to or away from that chair. The likelihood is that he is sitting there in Buckingham Palace, gathering what remains of his human body's strength to eventually slip his reptilian essence between the folds of, of the multi-universe to return home. You're likely amazed at how I spot all these things, but keep paying attention to the small details and the universe will sing to you. Infinite love is the only truth. Everything else is illusion. <laughs> So he's there's this picture. He's referring to this picture where he's obviously sitting. And look, I'm no defender of, of, of Prince Andrew. I don't really care one way or another about him. But this, he's sitting there in a chair for an interview, and he's wearing a tie. The tie is like this silver tie. There's nothing abnormal about it it's got some pattern on it or something but he says oh yeah that's definitely reptilian and you know look how <laughs> look how he never moves his leg because he can't he's too weak he can't get up you know he didn't walk in or he didn't walk away <clears throat> and the answer to all of this is love yeah because that'll fix everything infinite love is the only truth i don't understand what that has to do with with a photo shoot or interview with Prince Andrew and David Icke seeing lizard people written all over him. I really, I just don't see it. But that's the thing. That's where a lot of the, they do this. And I see it with all of them. They have all these things, these rationales that obviously you can't see it because you just don't understand. You're not as enlightened as, yes. as David Icke. But if you listen to him and... You know, I mean, not to sound about it, it sounds like a lot like Scientology. If you listen to us and you come to pay for our classes, you we can get you enlightened so you will understand. Yeah, because he, ex he explicitly says, you're likely amazed at how I spot all these things. I wasn't. I'm not amazed. But that's really like that's suggestive 
almost hypnosis in a way. It's yeah. it's what a magician does. It is. It's misdirection. You know, it watch is. watch this. Watch and this. That's what they're good at though. Yes, absolutely. And so that's really, in my opinion, shoddy. In fact, if you go to his website, David Ike, it's davidike.com, I believe. Mm-hmm. The and very Ike is I C K E. Yes, David Ike, I C E. It seems like it should be icky, but I had never heard him. I had just seen his mm-hmm. book, and I'd seen it. I thought it was icky or Ike, icy. I I couldn't. I would have never guessed Ike. Yeah. But anyway, if you go to his website, the f- I have a problem with this too, and I know a lot of people do this, but oh. the first thing that comes up is, at least w- when I go on to it, is we need help. And it's about sending him money. Yeah. And about selling things, T-shirts, hoodies, DVDs, on and on and on. It's a money-making machine. And my Just view like is if, if you have some ancient knowledge and you have the answer and you really care, like he says, about mankind, why are you selling stuff? Well, he's got to live somehow. I get that. But at best, why wouldn't you make it like a, hey, Patreon type thing? You want to support my stuff? Here, here's what we don't, we don't no. do that. And we would never do that. And that no, doesn't make do. us better than anybody else. I just, I personally think... That is, that's bad form. It is. I mean, it is. I mean, he's even got, you know, he's got his own platform, like, you know, a a streaming platform that you have to pay for. Did you see that? Uh, No, I did not. Like, like, like a TV channel or something. Yeah. It's a brand new, the world's brand new independent streaming service. Iconic. If you're looking for alternative news and views, life-changing original films and series that challenge your perception of who you are in the world around you then iconic and it's spelled i-c-k-o-n-i-c is a channel you've been waiting for we're also home to the entire archive of david ike live events dating all the way back to 1995 and again not i don't i'm not pointing fingers at anybody because i've been married twice but this guy's been married twice he's got four kids and i dug as deep as I could to find out who these kids were or do they work for him? Are they around? I couldn't find anything. He doesn't talk about them. I haven't, I couldn't find pictures of them with, I don't know if they've distanced. I don't know. I'm just, and maybe they do. Maybe they travel with him. Maybe there is tour manager. I don't know. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find a whole lot in either. And I think it's one of those ones where I think they were like, yeah, we're stepping back. Either that or they want, They may work for him, and they may be behind the scenes. They just don't want their names out there, and that I would understand as well. Yeah. So, you know, fair is fair. I I don't know. I I can only – I do know for a fact that he's been married twice, and he has four kids. And he says that any critic of his is laughable and outrageous and that they they misrepresent his views. That's another problem I have with guys like this who will say – if you criticize me, it's all on you. You're, it's laughable. It's outrageous. I'm not going to answer it. I ref, I, there's no reason for me to answer your accusations or your questions because I'm not going to stoop so low. Mm-hmm. Why, why not? If you've got the ultimate knowledge of the universe handed down by God, 
I would think you would be ready, willing, and able to share it at the drop of a hat and prove it. I mean, that's one thing I pride ourselves on this program is we're open to any challenge. Yeah. And we'll, we'll look at it, we'll, we'll, you know, and I'm pretty sure I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I know a couple of times we have come back and, you know, said, hey, we were wrong on this. Because you know, I, or we got new evidence that kind of changed our thought process on this. Happens all the time. I mean, I, I would I love getting, you know, responses from our listeners that like, hey, oh, hey, did you see this? Oh, yeah, this is the, this is a whole different side that we didn't see when we were doing our research. Yeah. Or have you thought about this? Yeah. yeah, we like it when people say, hey, we love your program and everything. But really what I want to know is, have we challenged you and what have you found? Yeah. Because we're two guys. There's a whole world of you out there. And it's all of us digging into this stuff together where we're actually going to get to the answers. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, it's one of those things, like you said, we're two guys doing, you know, doing research and looking at things. We try and look at it from every angle. Um, of course, we have our opinions on things, but at the same time, too, we want to look at every angle and give you guys and, and gals and whatever you people um, the option to, to look, say, hey, this is what we found. Tell us what you found. Let us know. We want to, you know, we want to be educated on this. We don't want to just go with what, you know, we believe and what we saw. We want to see all the information. We want to see it from all angles. Bill Cooper went after David Ike hard, just like, just like he did Art Bell, but even harder on Ike because Ike did full scale lift passages from Cooper's book yeah. and passed well, it off as, as his own. Well, and I think a lot of it, too, with Ike is because, like we mentioned with Art Bell, Art Bell wasn't wasn't really a conspiracy theorist, I think, in my mind. No, he was he not. He was more, he was, he just got the information out there. Right. Where this is one of those ones where David Ike is coming out and saying, this is what's happening. I am the son of God, and I know, and this is how it is. And I think that's why Cooper came at him, because, like, okay, you know how it is, but you you stole from me. And several other people. Yeah. Se several other authors... Uh, I will include the article where it shows page for page where he lifted, especially in his first few books. And yeah. a lot of people have, accu have accused him, even in his presentations, from stealing from several other people's works and adding yeah. them to his presentation and not giving any you know, footnote credit to anybody, just saying, yep, this, I, I've already known this. So, because that's... Right, that's the thing. If he knows it all and he's already known it all, if you find it and you discover it, you put it out there, then all he has to say is, "Well, I already knew that, yeah. and I didn't even have to study it because I've just known it." That's again, he jumps in front of the parade and goes, "Well, I was, yeah, I already known that." Oh, yeah. Let me explain it to you. <laughs> and if I if I, I took information from you, it just meant that you were right. Exactly. Yes. One thing I found, too, is interesting. I don't know if you saw this one. In November 2013, he actually la launched an internet television station. He got crowdsourcing for 300,000 pounds. I don't know what that is in American, but 300,000 pounds and made a, a television station called The People's Voice, and it lasted for a year. Was that because of lack of viewership? I don't know why. I don't see. It doesn't say what happened. It just said that he volunteered, 
worked there as a volunteer until March 2014. So a year later, not even a full year. And then it just suddenly disappeared. So People's Voice was a free global internet television radio station which broadcast from November 25th, 2013 until mid-2014. Main studio was in Wembley, London, with representatives in the United States. It was created with a crowdsourcing campaign on the fundraising platform Indiegogo. Its main creator was David Icke. So in March 2014, David Icke left to concentrate on other work. So from March 2014, due to financial difficulties, it is believed that the station operated with a skeleton crew and effectively ceased production of live programs, running repeats of previous programs instead. Despite a brief revival of one of its principal programs, the Richie Allen Show, the People's Voice ceased broadcasting completely in mid-2014 and became nothing. Yeah, and I don't have a problem with that because a lot of radio hosts try have tried it. Rush Limbaugh, who, you know, ruled the airwaves, tried it at, on TV, wasn't a great success. Glenn Beck, you know, had a TV show for a while. He was a lot of guys, a lot of people have tried that and failed. So I don't hold that against him. He, he gave it a go. Obviously, it wasn't as, as successful as he thought it would be. But, but you would think, like it, you would it, think it, if he knows everything, he would have known that going in. Yeah, and he'd know how to do it. But it's just interesting how he started in November and didn't even stay for like five months and then moved on. I've seen that with a lot of other things with him. He seems like very, um, I don't know, a better way to say it, but ADD. Right. Where he, he's really into something for a minute and then bloop, he's off to something else. And that seemed to like happen with that. And I did see on the, the, the iconic thing that he started in 2019, which is very much the same thing, which I'm looking at now. It's a streaming service with him um, and his two of his kids are involved. Gareth Ike and uh, Jamie Ike. Oh, there you go. They're both it. involved with Iconic. Okay. Well, I do have a, before we close up, I've, I have some more quotes from David Ike because I think this speaks to the mind of the man. Yeah. This is him. These are his thoughts, his words. He claimed one at one point, the opening and closing ceremonies of the London Olympics are mass satanic rituals disguised as a celebration of Britain and sport. Their medium is the language of symbolism. He also said humanity is actually under the control of dinosaur-like alien reptiles called the Babylon Brotherhood, who must consume human blood to maintain their human appearance. He says, if you have a preconceived idea of the world, you, you edit information. When it leads you down a certain road, you don't challenge your own beliefs. And that, okay, I'm good. But then he mm -hmm. says something like this. The Egyptians would sacrifice red-headed men on the tomb of Osiris because red was the color associated with Set, the Egyptian version of Satan. I looked that up. I couldn't find that anywhere. Well, of course, but he knows everything, so it's true. And probably the most disturbing, this, I believe, came from his book, but I'm not positive. I've seen it attributed to him several times, and he did say this. He said, Hitler's Europe, yes, welcome to Hitler's Europe. Come on, human race, for our children's sake, if not your own. This is wakey-wakey time. Wakey-wakey time? Mm-hmm. He also says, stop yelling at the movie. You ain't never going to change it like that. Go change the movie in the projector. You are the projector. He's an interesting cat. He is. But it's one of those things, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm looking through the iconic right now and just kind of checking it out. I mean... There's a bunch of random, but it, it really goes into, like we mentioned, it, it's his his thoughts, other people are on here, um, but there's also a lot of the yoga, um, 
alternative medicine type things in here as well. Right. He's very, so, he's very much into that love, which I mean, great. I mean, I, I wish there was more love in our world and a lot less, you know, war and murder. But again, I challenge people to read the hidden dangers of the rainbow where they go into what that definition of love is. And maybe I'll do that on a midweek podcast, but it's not what you think it is. It's not the love that we think love is. Yeah. It's a very strange love. It's actually a sinister love. If you really want to get down to it, which is why I have a trouble trusting him on certain levels. And, and there is, I don't know, there's something, like I said, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Honestly, when I, when I, I read stuff about him, like I said, I think it's the cult. I keep going back, and every time I listen to him, every time I, I, I just get that cult leader vibe. He's a he's a cult leader without a cult, really. He just has the ideas, put the ideas out there, but doesn't have the cult. He has a cult-like following. There's but, no doubt yeah. about that. Yes, he does, and I think he relishes that. And I I do believe if you go if you go back to the young David Ike where he was a not very popular kid. He was kind of a loner. They were poor. He spent a lot of time alone. He didn't like school. And like a lot of cult leaders, he found his audience, mm -hmm. and he relishes in it, and he is doing everything he can to keep that going. Yeah. So what are your final thoughts on David Icke? Um. Honestly, it's pretty much like we've been saying on a lot of this. I think he is, he's very charismatic. He's, you know, everything else. He, he's basically in my mind from everything I see and listening to him talk. He, he has, he's a cult leader without a cult. He is very good at getting you to, to listen. Like I said, he had a lot of times where when I'm listening, because I, I listen to a lot of interviews with him and he has a good way of speaking. He can get you to be like, yeah, yeah, I'm there. I'm there. I'm with you. But then every once in a while, he, he throws something out there that is so far out there. You're like, wait, what? But then he continues on and you completely forget. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. And then you keep just in the back of my mind. I keep thinking, but wait a minute. He said this one thing that really stuck out to me. And I'd have to go back and listen and be like, well, hold on. And that was my hardest part with it, where it was one of those things. It was like, oh, hey, yeah, this is everything. And I'm like, OK, I can follow you with this. But then every once in a while he it's almost like he knew it was a reach but he wanted to throw it out there anyway and just see who caught it and i don't know there's something about him there are you know the, like i said you know me i love looking at the lizard people and all that crazy th theories but you know i think he's he's a businessman and a cult leader without a cult yeah there's a lot of things that david ike says that i agree with mm -hmm. and he uses the language of conspiratorial thinking and new world order and Illuminati yep. and bloodlines and so forth. Reptilians. I mean, Dracos, all that stuff. But I think once you scratch below the surface and get to the actual meanings of the words that he's using, it's almost like he hijacked the language of the past, I don't know, whatever, a couple hundred years of conspiratorial thought. Mm hmm. And change the definitions. And like you said, that's why every you, you'll hear him. You're going, yep, yep, yep. And then he says something and you're like, that, whoa, wait, what? Yeah. And I just have to go to some quotes that he has made that I just shake my head. I can't believe the, this guy 
who believes he's the son of God, who believes he's on the same level or par as Jesus, but it doesn't recognize that there's a God. It's He calls it the Godhead, and he's elevated above all of us, and he has this ultimate wisdom. That is a cult leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he says stuff like this. All you can do every day is do what you believe is right. That's what I do. And what will be, will be. Well, that sounds really flowery and nice. But what if you're a serial killer? You wake up every day and you think the right thing to do is to go kill people. Or what if you're a pedophile? You think the right thing every day is to get up and you know, go commit that sin. And then, hey, whatever. Uh, what, what will be, will be. He also says things like this. There are many things that we can understand, but, it, but in the end, it is a case of anything is possible. So everything's relative. In, whatever, anything. Just, it's, there, there's no truths. He says things like this. Terms like good and bad are extremely simplistic in what is a far more complex situation. Is it? I think good and bad are pretty simple. We all learned that at a young age, there are good things and bad things. I don't think it's that complicated. And then the last one that I find just kind of disturbing, he says, the word love has become so devalued, we have to put words in front of it like unconditional. Well, yeah, David, that's because the term love is so general and broad. There are lots of different kinds of love. And unconditional love is one of them. Mm-hmm. And yet, at the same time, throughout everything I've heard him say in all of his talks and in his books, he comes right down to, but the end answer is love. And then you have a quote like this, the word love has become so devalued. You use it all the time. That is your main mm-hmm. theme. Your, it is. Your main word. Love, and then you have the gall to say, well, it's been so devalued. He is a walking contradiction, in my opinion. Hmm. And again, I think a lot of things he talks about as far as people ruling the world and events being planned in advance, that we're given the illusion of choice. You know, they set up the two choices, giving you the illusion that you're actually, you actually have a choice. I agree. Uh, That does go on. That Mm -hmm. happens a lot. I don't believe we're in a matrix within a matrix. I don't believe that we're in some sort of stupefied state of illusion that there is no actual reality. And so I really tiptoe when I get into anything, watching anything with David Icke. I stay on guard, actually, because he uses a lot of language that you can agree with, but when you get down to the meanings of that language, we're not speaking the same thing, in my opinion. No, and he, he's very good about that, and that's another thing, like I said, about like you know cult leaders that they do all the time. They redefine the words that we use every day. Yes. And he does that, and that's how he kind of did with love. He redefined it to mean what he wants it to but at the same time doesn't really give us a definition of what he means it means and it just every time he like says it i just keep thinking of that you know what is it the princess bride i, I don't think that word means what you think it means and I, and that's what i kind of feel with him is that he's redefined what it means to him and just hasn't given us that definition i agree 
So yeah. I can hear people now already. We, a lot of our listeners are not happy about this <laughs> expose of David Icke. And it's, look, if you like David Icke, great. I'm not here to tell you not to listen to David Icke. I'm not here to tell you not to believe David Icke. But you should know the full story. And if you choose not to accept what we found or you, you would like to correct us on it, we'd be glad to have that conversation. Yeah. I just think when it comes to people who are leading others, they put themselves up in this position of authority. And at the same time, they're saying, you know, hey, we're challenging authority, but don't challenge us. That is very cultish. And David Icke, I think you nailed it. I think David Icke, although he's never come out and said, we're a religion or we're, we're going to build a temple and I'm the pastor or anything, he is pretty much a cult leader. And I think you should be aware of that. Yeah. And it's one of those things, like you said, we're not saying don't listen to David Icke. Don't do it. Just know what you're listening to. Pay attention. Do some research. Do everything else, just like you do with us. We don't, we don't expect you to listen to exactly what we say. Go do your own research. I hope you don't. I hope, I hope people listen to us and say, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. Or I'm going to go check that out to see if that's actual. Mm-hmm. First of all, we've never claimed to have all the answers, nor will we ever. No. We're just here to explore, find out, do research, and then share what we found. And I, I think it's an important thing in this movement of people seeking for what's going on. Because hmm? I'm seeking for what's going on. And... I run across guys like David Icke, and I do. I see the glassy-eyed followers, and it alarms me. Yeah, it is. All right, well, that is it for us today. Email us, downtherh at protonmail.com. And next week, we're going to be talking about Alex Jones, which will be (laughs) another interesting one. Yes. So tune in for that. You have the midweek podcast. I do. I haven't decided what I'm going to talk about. I've been thinking about it. I thought about doing kind of like I did with the last one and talk about like David Icke's theories, but we've really done his. We've talked about, you know, the the lizard people and the simulation theory and all that. So, I mean, there's a couple others we could go down. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do with the midweek at the moment. I'm still still pondering that one. Well, whatever it is, I'm sure it will be great. And in the meantime, everybody have a fantastic week. I'm Big D. And I'm Brandon. We're out of here. See you later.